a joy. To God. Hallelujah. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Well, God is good. I said God is a good God. And something good is going to happen to you. Glory be to God. You can expect a miracle. Glory be to God. The miracle worker is in the house. One time uh, I was coming out of a meeting and one of, my, one of my dear, I have a number of men that really hold the uh, uh, fathering aspect in my life and almost all of them are in heaven um, now. But one of them, Brother, uh, Brother Hilton Sutton, years ago, I came out of a meeting and we were talking on the phone and, he, and I told him, he said, where in the world are you? He said, every time I talk to you somewhere else, I said, yes, sir. I said, uh, take after you, you know, he's all over the world. And uh, he said, well, when he finished that meeting, I said, uh, um, I don't know, I said last night or, or just, I just got through or whatever we were saying to him. I don't remember exactly the proximity. All I remember is he said, so you're through persecuting the saints, huh? And I said, <laughs> I said yes, sir. That's something else I'll take after you. Glory to God. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. So since Pastor Gene is back tonight, I guess he's up for some more persecution. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, brother, for being here, and all the great folks that are here back tonight, and the ministers of the gospel. Have a dear friend here that, uh, well, more than one dear friend here, obviously. Uh, in fact, some of you met Miss Ann Buchanan. We, we've known each other for a long time. Thank you for being here tonight, Miss Ann. Such a joy, and all of the great, great partners that we have, uh, and those of you that are watching online, and certainly a great ministry friend is here tonight. He and his wife, tremendous anointing on their lives nationally and internationally, truly in just the beginning phases of taking his seat apostolically. And I'm so grateful for Brother Eddie Smith being here tonight. Glory to God. So give Brother Eddie a great big hand. Thank you, Brother. It's a blessing in my heart. Uh, did you enjoy Dividing Line today? Anybody that were able to watch it, I'll tell you the power of God moved. Was it okay, Ms. Ann? Praise God. Heaven is talking to us. And I'm very thrilled about tomorrow and all of the anointing that's there tomorrow. And Brother Eddie is here. Not only to, to you know, he was coming anyway. So I said, hey, you can't come sit tomorrow. We're going to be on the dividing line together as well as Brother Brian. Uh, Sister Cole, I appreciate the preach on you, girl. You want to come just take over? I'll just, just kind of step back here. What now? I don't believe that with all my, I just absolutely don't believe that, glory to God, and I am a believer, so it's hard to get me to a place where I don't believe, praise God. <laughs> Father is, oh, glory to God, Woo! the glory of God is in the house. I, uh, the Lord in the room uh, visited me about the service tonight, and I'm going to go the direction that he assigned me, of course, it's his ministry and not ours, and I know you're not here by accident. And I see a lovely lady sitting beside you, Pastor Jean. Is that uh, what, she's the one who makes you look good, right? Praise the Lord. <laughs> well, we thank you for coming tonight. It's such, so special to have you. Praise God. Praise God. Glory to God. I tell you, there's a mighty anointing in the room. And I'm extremely grateful for it in Jesus' name. I do want to say this, Pastor, over the next couple of nights, the Lord instructed me today because I could see when he talked to me about where I have to go tonight, I could see all this in my heart concerning specifically trying the Spirit. That in three nights I'm not going to get fully to all the different things that are in my heart. I mean, I'd love to just have a college course on it or, or, or a, you know, just stay the course on it. And so, however, I could see in my spirit as I prayed over into the meeting tonight 
There's some things that are so important to him at this moment for the church to impart to the church that I can't get to all of it. And I'm not even saying all of it is in this, but I do know this. I can sow something into the meeting, and that's what we, came, we come to do. We don't come uh, to uh, take something out of you or to get something from you. We, we came to get something to you. Glory be to God. And if you know anything about our life and ministry, the, uh, we're sowers of the word. We have a number, of course, uh, after all these years, CD sets and that sort of thing. Uh, and you know, it just it's come up in me three times, so I'm just going to stop right now. My wife texted me right before I came and said, you give Sister Nicole a hug and kiss for me, glory to God, or a, a big hug, or however she said it, I had to read the text, but obviously it was a kissy face from her to you. And uh, honey, I know you're watching tonight, and so she's done it, I've done it, so praise the Lord. Uh, she's loved, and so are you, and I love you, honey, glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I don't want to forget that, because I'm about to step off in the spirit, you know, and I'm not sure we'll get back to that train station, you know. <laughs> I hear the train whistle blowing, glory to God. I was ministering uh, with some uh, preacher friends, and we were at the table, and I got so tickled at her. When she said something, she said, no, I was, what, was that? what was that? She said, well, that, thought, that train just left the station. She said, it's not coming back. So glory be to God. But the Lord instructed me in the room this afternoon, tonight and tomorrow night. I didn't, uh, this meeting came together sovereignly and supernaturally, quickly by the Spirit of God. It is definitely on God's agenda. We're in the perfect place, at the right place, with the right people doing the right thing in heaven's economy. And only eternity will tell all that's going to come out of this meeting. However, really, really, really busy days didn't allow me to put together something to bring. I, in fact, I told him I was going to, and it just didn't happen. And the Lord spoke to me again about it in, in the room this afternoon. We have a four-CD set. And the title of it, it's one of our number one sellers all over the world for all the years. Uh, there's two or three CD sets that, you know, it's funny how an anointing can come and people, uh, it just kind of, kind of like water. Uh, water, you know, you, you can pour water in something and liquid settles to its own level. The need of the people sometimes is not so much the, the, the side of the knowledge of it, it's the meeting of the need of it, what the people draw on and all of a sudden it becomes the, the top. It's what... Everybody seems to, to, to gravitate toward. One of those CD sets is called Taking Your Place. God spoke to me. This isn't the one that I'm talking about now, but I mean, certainly if you want it, we'll get that to you as well. But I ministered that uh, literally at the foot of uh, after 9-11, or might have been right before 9-11, some years ago now, but I was in New York City at the Stock Exchange, and I ministered about Taking Your Place, and the Lord just moved mightily. It's a two-CD set. It's been the number one bestseller all these years, uh, not necessarily far and away, but it's certainly up there in the top three. And in that has been uh, this idea. The book of Ecclesiastes says that I have seen princes, princes walking on the earth as servants and servants riding on horseback like princes. And I heard this phrase come up, things are out of order. Things are out of order. And I heard this phrase in my spirit, get off my horse. <laughs> Now hear me, you need to hear what I'm going to say. Get off my horse. What that means is the body of Christ is going to have to take their seat. We're going to have to take our place. We're going to find out who we are and step into that role and take our place. And so, uh, so there's, there's some things like that over the years that people have such a need you know, to hear. It feeds their spirit, gives them answers. Well, one of those is a four CD set called Voice Recognition. And I deal with the things, some of the things that I'm dealing with here, but I don't go specifically in that set, the direction I'm going here. 
but it's certainly complimentary. And I want to, it's in my heart for anyone that would like to have it. If we could just put a sign-up sheet somewhere in the foyer, if you don't mind, Pastor, I know our relationship, I, I know I feel comfortable at peace about sharing this. I would like to sow that CD set to any and everyone in this set of meetings that would desire to have it. Uh, and so I, I didn't have it with me. I would have brought product to sow because we're sowers of the word. That's what we do. It's our assignment to do it. And so if, you, if we could just get, and don't write in tongues, you know, the office has got to figure out what your name address is. So understand, we don't need to fast and pray to figure out your address. Praise the Lord. But we, at our expense, at our expense, uh, if you would like to receive that four CD set, it would be just our joy to sow it into your life. And if you don't mind, uh, Ms. Barrett, would you do that? Set up some way where they could name and address and whatever, where as soon as we get home, we will ship it out of our office and we'll get it to you postpaid. It'll be a joy to sow that into your lives and it'd be a thrill to do so. Praise the Lord. Well, God is good. Amen. Amen. In fact, I'll go on and add this. We write a covenant harvest letter, and lately I've been doing a lot of other kinds of sowing, the daily broadcast and all of those things, and I begin to ask the Lord, is this something you want me to continue? Because there's ways to do things electronically. Uh, we started a quarterly magazine. I mean, we're just continuing to crank out things. And he said, absolutely, this is one of the number one assignments on your life. He said, I told you, I told you, that the, the, the most important thing, the number one thing you could do for all of your partners is to teach them how to harvest. Yeah. Yeah. And some of you already have gotten that letter over the years, but you may notice that you haven't had one in the last few months, and that's unusual for us, but you know, with all this going on, we've just been staying at doing other things in the magazine and the digital online, and the Lord just recently, He just spoke to me and said, absolutely not. He said, you've got to do that. That's one of the center poles of what I've assigned you to do. And so I want you to know, literally while I'm here, I'm cranking that back up monthly, and I'm making a covenant commitment to all of our partners and anybody that wants to have it every month until Jesus comes or I go to heaven. We're going to write that covenant harvest letter to get revelation to you to teach you how to harvest. Because if we cannot harvest, we will never have the resources in our life to rise up and walk in our manifested destiny. And so part of my assignment is to teach you how to harvest. Glory to God. So if we can get revelation to you, the power of God can flow through you. Harvest will manifest around you. And you'll rise up and take your place and do everything you're assigned to do. And uh, when he talked to me about that, I didn't mean to get any deeper in that than this right here. But when he talked to me about that, one of the things he said to me was, my people have been taught about sowing. And he said they've been taught and taught and taught and taught about sowing. He said they have faith for sowing. They're acting on their sowing. They have revelation that they should sow. They know they should give and tithe. He said, but what they do not know is he said that they are as responsible to reap as they are to sow. He said they don't understand the laws of reaping. He said their weakness is not on the sowing side, their weakness is on the reaping side. And he said to me very, very clearly that people are sitting back and they're actually unscriptural. They're sowing and then they just sit back and they're expecting a check in the mail or something to happen. And they even misquote the word, he said to me. He said they'll quote the word and they'll say, so, and God will give you a hundredfold. He used hundredfold as an example. And he said to me, my word doesn't say that. Well, I knew that because I'd taught along those lines of teaching people how to receive. 
He said, my word doesn't say that. I said, yes, sir, I know. He said, but my body doesn't know that. He said, they're misquoting me. They're not in line with the scripture. That's why they're not receiving their harvest. He said, I said, you shall receive a hundredfold. He didn't say I was going to give you a hundredfold. He said, you shall receive a hundredfold in this lifetime and in the life to come. He said, receiving is reaping. And it takes faith to receive. See, healing always comes, but healing's not always received. So you need to know, there will always be a harvest come off of every seed you'll ever sow. And according to the scripture, because, listen to this, this is really important. Lord, this is coming up in my heart to talk about right now for a second. Brother Eddie, did you know that according to the prophets, now, I don't want to get deep into this. I'm about to jump in where we're headed, but this is where he's headed. This is the Holy Ghost now. It's the Holy Ghost meeting. I mean, this is as much the Holy Ghost as anything else. If we don't know this, we can't walk in this. People perish for lack of knowledge. This is critically important. Glory be to God. And it's coming up in me to talk about what the Holy Ghost is saying concerning this receiving side of it. Receiving is having. That's harvesting. We're as responsible to harvest as we are to sow. Receiving requires faith. Now, here's what the Lord's wanting me to say that I haven't ever said quite this way till this moment exactly. And that is, did you ever read in Hebrews 11, Brother Brian, where he talks about all the heroes of faith. And by the end of it, it says, God having provided, the word provided is kind of in touch, foreseen, the Hebrew word is seen into the future. Provided, have foreseen something better for us that they, hear me, that they without us, shall not be brought to completion. Now I want to say something to you about this. Won't you hear me now? Very important information. Every seed that has ever been sown in the history of mankind must be reaped in the earth before Jesus comes. There will be no holdover. Because God will be no man's debtor. They or their children will reap it. Follow me now. This is very important information. Amos, the prophets, two things I need to say to you. First of all, Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3 says that the heavens are holding Jesus back. Until the times of the restoration of all the things spoken by all the, all the holy prophets since the world began. That means Jesus can't come until everything the prophets said comes to pass and is restored. Then he calls us in Acts 3 the children of the prophets and of the covenant. And then we see then one of the prophets named Amos talked about at the end of time, he's going to restore not only the tabernacle of David, but the hills are going to melt and there's going to be sweet wine. And he says in that time that the sower is going to overtake the reaper. And the reaper is going to overtake the sower. That harvest is going to be speeded up so quickly 
that he's in a hurry to get it into their hands because as Adam's lease runs out, to be a God of his word, he's got to bring the harvest of every seed ever sown. When you go back and read that in Amos 9, when he's talking about the sower overtaking the reaper and the reaper overtaking the sower, a few verses above that, he says, I'm going to shake, and this is where we are right now, this is what the shaking is. I'm going to sift the world, shake the whole world. I'm going to shake and sift the whole house of Israel like a, like a sieve, like a flour sifter. And he said, not the least kernel. My God, this doesn't happen very often, but, you know, three days after Brother Oral laid hands on me, the Lord Jesus visited me, and the healing power of God began to come in my right hand in the healing and deliverance ministry. I was visited by the Lord um, in 2010 on a Saturday morning at my home. He woke me up at daylight, and he said to me, get up, I want to talk to you about the supernatural creation of wealth. I see where we're going, Lord. I see, I see what you're saying. And from that day, I tried to utter it three or four times, and literally I was struck dumb. The people weren't ready to hear it. I literally couldn't utter it. I finally, some years later, was in one situation. Now, we've got a book called The Anointing of Increase, and there's, there's two chapters in there that deal with that visitation where that, the Spirit of the Lord visited my bedroom and talked to me about it. Now, but since that time, that night was the first time this happened. I flew back to Mississippi to finish a meeting, and I tried to get into it, but I felt like a bumbling idiot because the people couldn't hear it, and I'm trying to utter it, and I just sounded like a stammering idiot. I couldn't get it out. I couldn't utter it, literally. And it was because, it wasn't because I didn't have the grace to utter it. It's because the people didn't have the ability to hear it. But that, and this is only manifested less than half a dozen times in a decade. But that healing miracle anointing that came in my right hand and of all the creative miracles that we've done, that, that the Lord has done in his ministry all over the world, Brother Eddie, that same anointing came in my left hand. And when both hands begin to burn, the miracle anointing is there. Now, we're about to see, Brother Eddie, some financial wonders. I just just coming up in me real strong. I don't have anything else to say about this towards you compared to what the Lord said. Except, I mean, when I turned, I saw it. And he said, he doesn't know it, but seeds from decades ago in the faithfulness of your life and ministry are about to come to harvest. And there's some financial changes, some instant financial breakthrough that's about to come to you and to your ministry. You've, you've got, I hear the Lord saying, you have to have it. So I hear the Lord saying, lift your eyes to the fields, they're white, increase your vision. It's going to cost more. You, you think you're, 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 you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Well, you are, son, and you've been faithful. Therefore, now you've got to rise up and do more, and it's going to cost more, and it's going to have to come into your hands, and I'm talking to you about this, so don't worry about that side of it. You don't serve mammon, you serve me. Rise up and lift your eyes to the fields. I will bring to the church, the people, and you personally all the finances you need. Prepare for a change in your finances, saith the Lord. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. No wonder you had to be here with him tonight. <sighs> Whew, glory. 
Now, I see where the Lord's going with this, so let me, let, me, <laughs> let me finish this statement, and then we'll get over here. Because we're dealing with the economia of heaven, the kingdom of heaven. And it's invading the earth. There's the, there is the supernatural creation of wealth. It's financial wonders. He told me <clears throat> that financial miracles were going to begin to happen in our meetings akin to the creative miracles we had seen happen in our meetings in bodies all over the world. He's recreated body parts. He's given people, he's literally recreated teeth in people's mouths and, and vertebrae in their back and titanium plates disappear. We're talking about signs, wonders, and miracles proving Jesus is alive. And he said to me, financial miracles are going to begin to happen in your meetings on the same order, created in the, in the same creative power is going to produce that. So here's the problem. We're trusting green pieces of paper, which are worthless, that have dead men's pictures on them. And we think that's valuable. That's our problem. Faith is more precious than gold, which perishes. Somebody say, well, he's not going to rain money out of the sky. He's not a counterfeiter. Of course not. Of course he's not a counterfeiter. But he didn't operate in this system. Where do you think, when he created the earth, brother, where do you think the gold came in Genesis, in the land of Havilah, where the river broke into four heads and the gold of that land was good? Where do you think that gold came from? You've probably been telling people all your life when they go to heaven, they're kicking up gold dust on heaven's avenue. There's golden streets. All physical matter was created by a spirit being. Oh, come on now. This realm came out of the spirit realm. Yeah, gold came out of heaven. It, it, it's not natural. Now, now, money, I mean, that's why the government prints stuff and there's inflation and all that mess because there's nothing to back it. That's a mammon-driven, demon-driven system. That's why you can buy stuff with faith. You don't even need a penny to purchase. And that's why things cost the same now as they ever have. There is, the things don't cost any more now than they ever have. When you buy it by faith, there is no inflation. There's, glory be to God. Glory be to God. Things cost the same thing right now they ever have. Woo, glory be to God. So, hey. 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 Woo. Woo. I'm going to take you to a realm you know not of. And it's going to be as gentle as the touch of a dove. But the whispering of the wind that overshadows you is going to show you the treasures of darkness to which you're due. Much seed is in the ground, and the harvest has not yet come. But get up and get ready to run, my son. For many finances are going to begin to flow over the balcony of heaven in the river of life. And for the things you need to get your job done, you will not have to earthly strive. You won't have to fight anymore with demons or natural men to get them convinced that I've called you to do these things the vastness of the supply from heaven I will bring. But this realm I'm taking you to, I'm going to give you insight into the power of my might, and it's going to bring some light of the supernatural creation of my wealth, and it's going to affect everything around you, including your congregation's financial health. Businesses are going to continue to erupt like a volcano in a moment of time. They're already in existence in the heart of the people, but even with this rhyme, 
They're going to come out and be born. Instead of working for others, the bosses they will be. For the head and not the tail is an anointing I've given thee. It'll come off your head upon them and they'll become the head, saith the Lord. <laughs> the head of jobs, the head of companies, the head of, the head of finances, the head of banks, the head of school. They're going to be, everyone that comes in association with you will, will sense and feel, if they'll receive it, the flow of the oil of promotion that will come off of your head. And it'll make them the head of everything they touch. There'll be, a, there'll be an anointing coming, saith the Lord, in the coming days. It's already on you now. And it will begin, oh yeah, there it is. It'll begin to rest upon you even lightly from this night. It'll be a newness. Something like it's spoken about with the supernatural anointing that's come on me about a half a dozen times in the last decade, it'll be like that. It'll come from time to time, and then it'll grow, it'll grow, and soon it will abide. But you flow in it when it's there. Don't attempt to manufacture it when it's not, but when it is there, expect, saith the Lord, for this to come upon you. They imprisoned Joseph falsely, but he rose up to the place where he ran the prison while in prison. And there's an anointing coming on you, saith the Spirit of grace, the Joseph anointing for the last days that will bring my people out of financial prison, saith the Lord. Glory to God. Thank you. Glory be to Hallelujah. Yeah, I'll do that, Lord. Okay. I didn't realize that. That was, I need to do this. Oh, there it is. It'll be light. It'll be like a dove sitting on your shoulder. So walk tenderly with it. It's not something you can drive and make happen. This is not an anointing that you're bringing on the cart driven by oxen. This is an anointing that you praise and dance in, that the economy of God, there's only a certain administration that will produce it. And you're going to have to learn the atmosphere that produces that anointing. And then once you learn it, saith the Lord, it will abide on you. Glory to God. Ooh, glory to God. Ooh, glory to God. <sighs> Somebody's shoulders, the, the, you need a healing through this part of your body and in your shoulders. Somebody, there's more than one person's shoulders are being healed, the power of God. When I've talked about the mantle, all of a sudden the anointing begin to fall upon some people and you begin to sense a newness on you and it's going to bring healing and it's going to also bring the supply. Understand, divine health, healing miracles are a part of God's prosperity. Healing is a provision. It's something you can't get in the natural. So it comes out of the treasure house of God. It's the anointing that produces it. So if a person has a hard time believing for a little bit of money, they have a hard time receiving their healing. Because their faith gets hindered. So you can't say, well, I believe he's a healer, but I don't know about all this prosperity stuff. You've just literally talked out of both sides of your mouth. That is like, that's like hooking a, a rope to the end of, to either end of the car and pulling in the opposite direction trying to get the car out of the ditch. You can't do it. See, anything that you resist in one area damages your faith in another area. So at least, if you don't have revelation on it, don't lump it over there with all those things that you heard. Just go neutral. Go neutral till you get some revelation. Amen. Don't put it in reverse. At least shift to neutral. And let the Holy Spirit talk to you about it. 
It's like I said last night. It's not as important tonight what I say as it is what the Holy Spirit says to you about what I say. And your lives, my life, our lives are being revolutionized as we speak. Glory be to God. Now, now, here's what I want to say. I hadn't quite finished this. Amos says there's a sifting of the entire house, the kingdom. And God says in the book of Amos that there will not, not one kernel, the least, not, not the least kernel, not the smallest seed ever sown will fall from my sight. It's not a seed you've ever sown. He didn't know where it is, what it was sown for, that he told you to do it, that you obeyed, and it's just sitting there. Waiting to be harvested. There's about to be some major restored harvest coming to the body of Christ. Some things demon forces have held up that I'm going to talk to you about here in just a minute. But he's raising the body of Christ up to deal with those hindering forces. And there's about to be a deluge, a shift. It's about to be cut loose like a damn bird. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Now, this is why that he said, because as long as the earth remains. Do you hear me? As long as the earth remains, there'll be seed time and harvest. Which means all the harvest has to come while the earth remains. Oh, come on now. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? Now, according to the book of Proverbs, the righteous will be recompensed in the earth. Even more so, the wicked and the sinner. So we're about to see a massive apostolic showdown of a glory storm where the angel armies of God are about to come in this shaking, shake the wicked out, and bind, grab the tares and throw them in the oven, and the wheat's going in the barn. Oh, we live at the climax of the ages. We're the 11th hour worker, both hands full of harvest. So, so I'm telling you right now by the Spirit of God that, for example, for example, God will change people before he'll change purpose. He proved it with the children of Israel. He never desired only two people to go into the promised land of that generation. That generation was to, that promise was to a whole nation. Now I've got a couple of things to say to you about this. That promise was to an entire nation. But only a few of them went in. But God's will was for a whole generation to go in. But they wouldn't. So he had to wait them out and shift to find a people. He didn't change his word, he changed people. Do you understand? It's going to get done. His word is going to come to pass. Some generation is going to reap it. Are you hearing me? You hear what's going on here? Now, here's the beauty of Joshua and Caleb's story. They proved that if you believe it in your heart and say it with your mouth, that even a whole nation can't keep you out of what you believe and say. So you need to understand, you can turn your destiny around with your tongue. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. It doesn't matter if a whole nation is saying the opposite. Jesus didn't say what they say about it is going to come to pass. He said what you say about it is going to come yeah. to pass. So you better be cautious what's going in your heart. Because what's in your heart is going to come out of your mouth. And what you say about it is what you're going to have. Glory be to God. Now it takes faith to receive. So what I want to say to you uh, as, we, uh, as we shift gears here 
is that before, before the end of the earth, before, as long as the earth remains, some generation is going to reap the manifested harvest of every seed that has been sown in the earth that, has, that remains unreaped. Which means we're about to experience the early and the latter rain together. We're going to have everything they had plus our own. And what they believed to see and didn't see, boom, we're going to see it. Otherwise, God will have lied to them. And he'll be no man's debtor. So this isn't just about you trying to figure out how to navigate life and be a success and keep your nostrils above water. This isn't about survival. Oh, no, this is about thy kingdom come. Thou will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And there is a generation, and I believe we are the people. The 11th hour workers are about to have both hands full of harvest, Brother Eddie. There's a glory storm coming. The manifestation of the sons of God is coming forth, and we are it. I've lived all my life to get to this place. How about you? Can you give the Lord a shout tonight? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Woo! Oh, glory be to God. You know what? If you want to sign up for that, I just feel it led in here. If you want to sign up uh, and, and have a desire to receive voice recognition, I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to sow the anointing of increase with it. So you'll get, you'll get a book and the CD set just because I want to get it into your hands. There's an unusual anointing tonight. And I need a function in that anointing. Glory be to God. 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 Can we worship the Lord for a second? Oh, Father, we thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for the anointing that's in the room. I see two things. There's two things in the spirit that I'm supposed to say before our shift. One of them is kind of a natural thing, but he keeps bringing it up to me. And he said, you didn't finish it. He said, I want you to start using your faith to finish everything I put in you. He said, don't, don't let things slip. And one of them, I mentioned that monthly letter. My point is, if you get this and you desire it, it'll just automatically will sow that letter to you. Teach you how to harvest. So I just, I'm supposed to say that. The second thing I'm supposed to say is he brings up in me Proverbs 24.10. If you faint... In the day of adversity, your strength is small. Did you hear what I said? All right. So one of the keys to the harvest, listen to me. One of the keys to the harvest is not to grow weary in well-doing. Now, what does that mean? That means there has to be spiritual strength because the strongest spirit shall rule. Remember, a strong man armed keeps his goods in peace, but a stronger one comes on him and disarms him and takes his stuff. So obviously the stronger spirit is the one that's going to have the stuff come in their hand. The transfer of goods and services comes from the stronger spirit. Do you see what's happening here? And so you can't faint in the reaping day. Or the wealth, the riches of the reaper won't come into your hands. So he's saying to me, that's part of this dividing line of prayer and everything else. He's strengthening the church. What's he strengthening in the church to do? To reap. Yeah. Arise and reap. Yeah. Arise and reap. Yeah. Arise and go get what's yours. Yeah. Woo! Hallelujah. 
Oh, glory be to God. Do you see what's happening here? And so there's a strengthening coming to the body of Christ, and it comes by revelation knowledge. Man, when revelation knowledge gets imparted to you, your spirit man stands up, and you're able to go reap. So if we faint in the day of adversity, our strength is small. But I'm telling you, he's strengthening the reapers. He's strengthening the reapers. He's strengthening the harvesters. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. So this is what I need to say to you in the final transition here as we step into the flow, the other part of the flow. And that is this. Do you remember what Jesus told when he said that this is, like, this is how the kingdom operates? As if a man, as if a man should sow a seed. Now, brother, what that means is, is a seed can represent anything in the whole kingdom. That's the, the kingdom. Jesus was planting. He was the seed. Kingdoms shifted on the back of the law of sowing and reaping. God sowed for the harvest he wanted. And it shifted the dominion of a kingdom. Cornelius' sowing opened up the nations of the earth. Oh, seed is a portal. Oh, this is huge. Every seed comes with a promise. I don't have time to get into all this, but you, sow, you don't sow the body that is. You sow God gives it a body as it pleases him. Glory be to God and, and the whole kingdom. But what he, wants to, what he wants me to get to is this. What he wants me to get to is as if a man should cast seed, Brother Eddie, in the ground. And listen, he sleeps and rises night and day. The seed springs and grows up. He knoweth not how for the earth. For the earth. So see, the seed makes the earth do something. The seed makes the earth yield. Seed is the heaven-earth connector. Here's how the kingdom works, as if a man should cast seed, makes the earth. So something out of heaven makes the earth do something. Glory be to God. For the earth bringeth forth fruit. (laughs) See this? The earth bringeth forth fruit of itself, herself. He said, first the blade, then the ear, and after that, the full corn maturity the full corn in the ear. Oh, come on now. Are you hearing me? And he said that once the full corn in the, in the ear comes, then he said, immediately he putteth in the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. Here's the key to almost all harvest, is you don't harvest anything that's not mature. So here's why most saints are not getting a harvest. They are not mature. It takes spiritual maturity to learn how to harvest. you got to grow up in your spirit and be strong in spirit and understand the spiritual laws to be able to harvest. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? Yeah. So what I'm saying is, thereby then our spirit man has to be fed. We have to work these laws. We have to experiment. Jesus, the, the scripture you read, 2 Corinthians 9, the scripture you read, he said, there's very few things in scripture that we're instructed to do this with. But finances is one of the major ones. 
God himself through Malachi said, prove me. Paul wrote and said, experiment with this. Go read it. He said, experiment with this. Watch how this thing works. He said, experiment with it. And by the end of that, he says, thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. That it's impossible to have enough sermons. It's impossible to describe. There's no way on this side of heaven that we can get the sum total of the revelation of how to teach the people what we have been given when he gave us the law of seed time and harvest. He gave us the ability to get everything that's in heaven down here through the operation of that law. And Jesus, the high priest, is the administrator of it. So he administrates seed for you to sow because he's wanting a harvest. And so he'll bring you seed from heaven so when you sow it in earth, he can bring out of heaven into earth what he always wanted to begin with. It's the initiation of the process of manifestation. And heaven initiates it to get heaven into the earth. Most people think thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. And we said that on Thanksgiving. Well, you know, we, we use that. On, and everybody thinks the unspeakable gift is Jesus. Well, of course Jesus is the greatest gift God ever gave. But in context, he's not talking about the giving of Jesus here. The whole context is lost seed time and harvest. The gift he's talking about here is the giving, the administration of that seed to the sower. And when you increase the fruits of your righteousness, it redounds in many thanksgivings to God. So he says, thanks be to God for this unspeakable gift. And then there's a chapter break, and people just stop reading, as if, as if the, the subject stopped there. It doesn't stop there at all. Within three verses, he says, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. You go read it in the full context and you'll find your seed is your mighty weapon that will break every stronghold. Spend some time in the Word and it'll talk to you. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Can we pray in the Holy Ghost a little bit more? There's some, some more stuff we need to talk about here tonight. Father, thank you. We bless you. We praise you. We glorify you. Thank you, Father, for this moment in time. We thank you, Father, for utterance that the word of the living God will not return to you void, but accomplish that which you please. We thank you, Father, ha, ha, that, you, ha, ha, that you're going to reveal to us the laws with spiritual understanding of how to set all spiritual law in motion for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. We thank you for it. We believe we receive it. And tonight I'm asking that you would grant your servant utterance that I could, you'd think through my mind and speak through my lips, that it would be your ministry in manifestation. And I thank you, Father, it would be all of you and none of me, and it will not return to you void, but accomplish that which you please. Thank you that I'm not here by myself. I have help tonight, and the Word will manifest among us, and we will behold your glory, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, Woo! glory to God, hallelujah. And all the saints said? Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Give the Lord one more mighty shout tonight. Woo.
Well, you may be seated. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I know you were seated, then you stood up, so you may be seated, and so you'll be standing up again in a minute maybe. I don't know. All I know is heaven is here, and I'm grateful. How many of you sense the presence of Almighty God in the room? Yeah, Jesus of Nazareth is here. Would you open your Bibles, please, to 1 John chapter 4? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, glory be to God. Oh, we thank you, Father. We thank you, Master. We bless you tonight in Jesus' name. Have you found it? 1 John 4. Wave at me when you found it. Amen, amen, amen. Let's start reading in verse 1. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God. Because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Now, I'm going to talk to you about the whole set of verses, but let's break some things down here that instead of just reading it off the top, let's, let's just spend some time with this. Believe not every spirit. So evidently there are some spirits you're supposed to believe. Now understand that our belief system is made up of what we've learned from spirits. And we decided which spirit we were going to believe. Because the just shall live by faith. If you're going to live right, then your faith has to be born, hear me now, from the Spirit of God. Let me talk to you about this spiritual law for a second. So then faith cometh, Romans 10, 17. Had to come from somewhere. Amen. So then faith cometh by hearing. And hearing by what? The word of God. So it says hearing twice there. So we see one spiritual law that says what we believe, we believe what we've heard. Now listen. We're not just talking about everything you've ever heard you believe. Because that's not true. Because we don't. So what kind of hearing are we talking about here? We're talking about, well, a great example. Great, great example is Matthew 13, 15. We don't have to turn there, but if you, if you want to, and certainly they can bring it up on the monitor to really help us. Uh, and the Amplified Classic is really good, but in the King James, he basically says that, well, has Isaiah prophesied of these people and so forth, and by the time you get to verse 15, he says, their eyes they have closed, lest they should hear with their ears and see with their eyes and understand with their heart and be converted and I would heal them. See, many people never ever really get to the root of understanding that God, when he talks about he will send them strong delusion that they would believe a lie or, or he would close their ears so that they can't hear. No, 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 it's not. No, God's not the one that tempts any man with evil and he's not the one blocking your ears up and he's not the one sending the coronavirus to teach you something. This is the end of spiritual law, and if you don't understand spiritual law, you won't understand Jesus talking because he's not talking natural stuff. This is a spiritual book. 
And he's talking about the law that he gave mankind in his image of free will. A great example, a great example is when Israel clamored for a king. Right? And the prophet came and said, no, no, this is a theocracy. God wants to be your king. You don't need a king. And if you get a king, to be, and they said, well, we want to be like everybody else. And he said, well, if you get a king, this and this, this is going to happen to you. We don't care. We want a king. So the Bible says he gave them their request. The scripture says that they, manna didn't satisfy them, so they clamored and clamored for quail until God finally gave them what they wanted. But, but it sent leanness into their soul. It wasn't, it wasn't God's plan for them. It wasn't God's best for them. Huh? But they gave in to a desire, and God had no choice after a period of time. They crossed a line spiritually to where they enacted a law, and for God to keep His word, He had no choice but to give them what they wanted, whether He wanted them to have it or not. Most people have a problem with Pharaoh because they have a real problem with predestination and sovereignty, and this isn't the teaching tonight, except to say that if you'll go study it close, you'll find, well, I just don't understand why God hardened Pharaoh's heart. Well, why would he do that? Pharaoh, would he must have been born to be used by God so that God could show out and be the mighty deliverer, and, and they, can't, they can't rationalize all these ideas of predestination. And yet, it says several more times than that, that God hardened Pharaoh's heart, which, by the way, in the, in the Hebrew, there's the causative and the permissive tense. But that's beside the point. The bigger deal is, it says Pharaoh hardened his own heart. Here's what happened. Pharaoh was so stubborn that he persisted in hardening his heart, and God had foreknowledge because he knew the guy thought he was a god. Huh? And so he continued to resist because that demon spirit called Mammon told him all that stuff was his, that he had a right to it. And he continued to resist the prophet's words, the voice of God. Even through all the plagues, he continued to resist. And even when he did yield, it was only a little bit, and it just he turned right back around. Huh? Why? Because that's what was in Pharaoh's heart. Come on now. And the scripture is very clear. More times than not, it said Pharaoh hardened his heart. Now, so then what law did he set in motion? He set the law in motion that he got to a place to where he finally was so set in that that God had no choice. What kept Pharaoh from getting totally hard was God's mercy. God has a restraining hand. Just like he capped the Tower of Babel. He has a restraining hand on them that do evil for this purpose. Yes, to keep them from harming us, but more importantly, so they won't die before they spiritually have crossed every line to either accept or reject Him. No man will stand before Him in judgment and have an excuse, I didn't know. He'll be no man's debtor. So there are a lot of people that are evil and sinful and horrible and live their whole life that way, and you wonder, I just don't understand. I mean, all they've done is shoot themselves up with drugs and smoke cigars, and they live near 100 years old. And my auntie, you know, she had a problem starting in her 40s. I just don't get it. Well, auntie, you know, probably was attacked by demons and didn't have the revelation. Probably told her, such you're suffering for Jesus. And auntie accepted the curse because she didn't know it was a curse. But this other guy, 
Don't look like a God's unrighteous for letting him live. That's all he's going to get if he doesn't get born again. That's the mercy of God letting that man stay alive. And to have every chance to turn. The Bible calls it in the book of Revelation, space to repent. That he reigns on the just and the unjust. David said, I fretted over the rise of the evildoer. They spread it like the green bay tree until I got into the temple and I saw in the spirit and I saw their end. He said, when I saw their end, I didn't worry about the wicked anymore. See, it's like the man that jumps off the Empire State Building and after 98 floors says, so far, so good. See, the, 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 the fall is not the problem. It's that sudden stop at the end. Are you hearing me? So, see, we've got to get out of this realm. Are you with me now? We've got to come to a different place up here. And so as we're talking about this then, that he gave them over to that. So, every person, sure, I'll do that. Uh, I see what you're doing. Okay, then we'll come right back here. Let's go to Ephesians 2. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Father. Oh, yes, sir. Thank you, Father. <clears throat> verse, verse 1, And you hath he quickened, made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past you walked according, now look at this, you might want to underline this phrase, the course of, of this world. So, this world's course and your course coincided because you walked according to that course. Do you see this? Now, this is really important now. According to what? Read on now. What does it say? The prince. Of the power of the air. Who is that? That's not God. Because by the end of this book, he says, We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, and spiritual wickedness in high and heavenly places. So the course of this world is driven by a demonic prince. The word prince is short for the word principality. So a principality is a sphere of influence, a geographical location that you govern, territorial. Demons originally were created as holy angels. They're fallen angels. And the purpose of angelic creation is, first and foremost, the first thing we see the angel doing in the book of Genesis is he's keeping their cherubim and they're flaming every direction like this, and they're keeping the way of the tree of life. Understand Israel had a course to the promised land. And he said, don't provoke that angel because I've sent an angel before you to keep you in the way. And he said, and when, and when stuff comes against you, he will bless your bread and water and take sickness away from the midst of you. And he's going to be like bees when he goes in the land. These angels, he said, they're, they're going to push back the inhabitants thereof and give you the land and give you the territory. We have help. They're working with us right now. Now, these, these angels were all created to keep God's estate. Come on now. Because Peter says these angels that fell left their first estate. 
So they were created with access to the economy of God, and they were created and assigned. In fact, the scripture says in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 8, that he numbered the people and the nations according to the angels of God, which means he's actually assigned, God has assigned to every nation a national angel. Glory be to God. There's one right now over the United States of America. I've been in a number of meetings where I knew that the national angel was in that meeting. These are massive, awesome creatures. And they're created to help us. Whew, glory be to God. They're in the room now. Oh, my, my, my. The winds of God that come out of his treasury. They're in the room right now. My, my, my. <laughs> Woo! So if some un- <laughs> so if hey, so if some unusual things happen, just consider the fact that we're in the presence of heaven. Understand, heaven does things differently than earth does them. Praise the God. So if all I'm talking, somebody falls out of your chair and gets stuck with the floor and gets frozen, and we got to lock up the building around them. Just don't worry about it. It's it's that's normal where I come from. Brain tumors dissolve and blind eyes see and deaf ears hear and osteoporosis leaves and backs are healed and rotator cuffs get totally repaired. and Yeah, that's where I come from. That's normal. There's a body parts room. Glory. Glory to God. <laughs> Whoo. Now, these angels are keepers. Now, these demons were created as holy angels, and we don't have time to get into the whole nuances of the fall, but clearly it's described in the scripture that Michael and his angels drove out the dragon and his angels, which means Michael was an archangel over angels, and there, were, 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 there must have been three, because either that or he deceived and convinced a third of them to follow him, because the Bible says very clearly with his tail, when the dragon fell, he withdrew a third of the stars. Which means at least one third of the angelic host God created fell before we see them introduced to us as tempting Adam in the garden. They were created prior to man. And one of the reasons that angels hate us is angels didn't know what a man was. And God said, let us make man. All the angels heard him say that. Well, man, man, what's a man? That's what David was picking up on when he said, what is a man that you're mindful of him and the son of man that you would visit him? He was actually in the prophet's office talking about the creation of the world and seeing into creation. You say, oh, how could he do that? Well, Moses did. Everything we have written about creation, God revealed to Moses on the mountain. He saw backwards as well as forwards. Amen. Why? Because there's not anything that shall be that hadn't already been done. So when you get up in the spirit, you, you, you start from the finish line. Oh, glory be to God. Yeah, sure. So understand what's going on here is we see then that these angels fell and they uh, fell into the earth. The scripture says they're cast into the earth and they wanted to take over the earth, thought the earth was theirs. And as we see this, they're keepers. Now, when Adam got kicked out of the garden, lost his, lost his estate, God said a cherubim, two, actually, I am is a plural in Hebrew, two cherubs, boy, 
study what a cherub looks like. Ha! I don't have time to get into that. My God. You, uh, if you found out what a cherub is and does and ever saw one, you wouldn't question again that when God's involved, why they're shaking. God has one angel so massive that the book of Revelation says he's got one foot on the ocean and another foot on the land. According to the book of Revelation chapter 7, there are four angels, one at each of the four corners of the earth, and they're holding back or releasing the winds. These are the angels that Ezekiel prophesied to, that breathed upon a nation that was slain, whose bones were scattered all over the world, and behold, a noise and a shaking and a boom, a coming together. Come, four winds, and breathe, breathe on these slain that they may live. And after two and a half millennia, a nation was reborn. <laughs> Woo! I, I, when you know who we are and what we have, you don't really necessarily have to worry about the future of the United yeah. States if we just operate on what we possess. Yeah. Amen. Amen. That's why peace is the ark of safety. I'm not nervous about how this is going to turn out. Oh, come on now. Come on now. Yeah, I'll do that, Lord. Sure, I'll, I'll go a little deeper in this. Everybody okay right now? All right. Notice what he says here. I'm going to go a little deeper in this. The word course. Underline this word course. That's a big word. According to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit. Say the spirit. So now we know this prince in the air is a spirit. And it's a little s, which means it's a demon. And we know it's a demon because it's at work in the children of disobedience. So there's a demon behind all this mess. Yeah. What? Everything that's going on in the world. The spirit of the world, spirit of Antichrist. Demons running the course, the course, the course, the course of the world. He goes on to say, among whom also we all had our conversation. In times past, in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of anger, anger and wrath, even as others. Now what he's saying basically is, every unborn again, every unregenerate man on the planet, now they'd get offended if they heard you say it, because the natural man doesn't understand things of the Spirit of God. But the bottom line is, every human on the planet, that's not born again, is being influenced, affected, and their course is being altered by these demon spirits. Which is why we've got to come up to a different place and realize we're not wrestling with flesh and blood. Because what's driving the course of the world is a demon. Not just a social idea. It's not just a good idea. Every generation thinks they can make the government better. <laughs> oh my <clears throat> but now we see then that God has raised us up together by verse 6 and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus now sometimes we've stopped reading there but look at the colon it says that in the ages to come he might show now wait a minute wait a minute I think we've missed that 
Now, there is a truth that throughout eternity, he's going to show us some stuff. But I don't think he's just saying I'm going to heaven and it's going to take eternity for him to show me everything. I think that, that the way this should read is, has raised us up together, made us sit together in heavenly, heavenly, heavenly places. There's a place in the heavens that I'm seated in now while I'm in the earth. And in that place, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace, or that he might show me what is to come and the riches that belong, what I need to carry out what he's showing me is going to come that I must do. When I get in that seat, I can see. I'll never forget flying home one night from a National Canadian Minister's Conference, and I was flying the left seat in the uh, aircraft we were flying at the time, and we were up around... Uh, we had to do this kind of thing where you do a flyover and report to the FAA and they have to document that our equipment's working right. So we just decided to take a little bit of alternate route. We flew over Wichita, Kansas, and there's a vortex there named India Charlie Tango, and you just fly over the top of it, and you got to be at a certain altitude and so forth, and it registers it, and it records it, and then you go on. Well, we were on our way, and we were past Wichita, Kansas, flying on to Texarkana, and I was getting, uh, I was at 30, let's see, I was flying uh, eastbound, I think it was at 35,000 feet. 33 or 30, 35,000, I think. So I'm at 35,000 feet, and I'm flying, and it's crystal clear. Man, it's a clear, clear night. And I'm up in the left seat of the airplane at 35,000 feet, and uh, I'm just past Oklahoma City. And I'm flying toward Texarkana, and it was the most amazing, one of the most amazing things I've ever witnessed. From 35,000 feet on a crystal clear night, I was just passing Wichita, Kansas, close to Oklahoma City, and from that seat, I could see Tulsa, Oklahoma City, Dallas-Fort Worth, Shreveport, Louisiana, Little Rock, Arkansas. I wasn't there yet, but I saw where I was going. Come on now. How do you think? Yeah, I'll go down that road. Um, he's saying to me, he's saying to me, what do you think happened when Jesus tempted him in the wilderness? I mean, Jesus was tempted in the wilderness. Jesus didn't tempt anybody, but Satan tempted Jesus in the wilderness. He took him up on an exceeding high mountain, a place, a seat. And from there, he showed him. What did he show him? All the kingdoms of the world, and what else? The glory. <sighs> what is he really showing him? The future. How do you know he's showing him the future? Because he said, all these things I will give you, if you will. If you'll do this here, all this you're seeing is in your future. think that devil got that from <laughs> he never created a thing in his life he came out of that kingdom he's just operating in a counterfeit way of the way the, the real kingdom works when Jesus recognized what spirit was doing the talking he said no sir thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only shalt thou serve so this was a spirit talking to him about his future. 
Hmm? Then it was important for he to realize whether or not this spirit was of God. Because this wasn't God's future for him. Had he believed that spirit, we'd all still be dead in our sins. And what's that demon trying to do? What's Satan trying to do? Affect the Lord of glory's course. Trying to get him to take a different course. That's why you've got to get rid of feelings and desires and your own will and selfish ambition and all that stuff's got to die. And that's why the Apostle Paul said in the book of Acts very clearly, he said, none of these things move me. Ain't nothing moves me, Brother Eddie. Nothing, ain't nothing moves me. You don't have anything you can show me that can move me. You don't have anything you can say to me or do to me. A dead man doesn't scream when you kick him. So you don't have anything. You've come too late. You didn't get up early enough. And if you think you're going to move me, you better pack your lunch. You're in for an eternal fight because my feet are grounded and settled. I know who I am. I know who spoke to me. I know who's leading me. I know how it turns out. I know where I'm going. And greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. You can't move me off of what I'm doing. And it's not about being intolerant. It's about setting your face like flint because you know you're right because it's been revealed to you. That's totally different than being intolerant. Jesus is the most loving, tolerant person I know. I don't, I don't ever see Jesus in his whole life in ministry, anyone in any condition from any situation come to him, he didn't once reject them. But the difference between Jesus and the world is the world wants me to tolerate you and accept you like you are and leave you like you are. And Jesus wants to accept you like you are but break that off of you and set you free and make you what you ought to be. So you might as well come on to the unconditional love and tolerance of Jesus instead of this pseudo-fake demon tolerance of the world. That leaves you bound and broke and angry and, and a sexual predator and everything else. Come on to Jesus, and he'll show you your future. I mean, the moment you get born again, you know something inside of your future changes. It's right in here. Anybody ever had that experience? Something happened to me. Glory be to God. Woo! Talk about a miracle of sudden change. A miracle of eternal change. Woo! Glory be to God. We're talking about spiritual things tonight. Can you tell? Now, we're really particularly talking about believing spirits. So if you're going to believe a spirit, and everything you believe came from a spirit, did you hear what I said? Everything you and I believe came from a spirit. Oh, I've got your wheels turning now. Woo, I know I've got your wheels turning now. <laughs> Look what it says now. How are you going to know what spirit's doing the talking by what they say? There's only one way to have spiritual judgment. He that is spiritual judges all things, 1 Corinthians 2. Well, yeah, let's do that. Let's talk about that. Let's, let's go. Um, is that, is that, no, hang on just a second. Let's pray in the Holy Ghost. I want to make sure that I finished what he said to do there. Oh, I didn't finish that, did I? Or I didn't finish that. Go with me here. Let me show you something. How many of you know that Paul told Timothy, and we're not going to Timothy, we're going to Hebrews 2. How many of you know that Paul told Timothy 
that God has not given us what? Spirit of what? So fear is a what? The Spirit. So how accurate is Grandma when she says a little fear is healthy? Talk to me now. I just want to know. Was Grandma right? Who taught her that? Did God teach her that? Don't believe every spirit. Did you hear me? Don't believe every spirit. Woo! Glory to God. Don't you believe every spirit? You've got to know what spirit's doing the talking. My, 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 my. Look at this verse. Huge verse. Hebrews chapter 2. Verse 14, for as much then as children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him. He might what? Oh, glory be to God. Him. This is him. Through death he might destroy him that had the power of death. That is the devil. That's a spirit. That's a demon power. It's a fallen angel. So, so listen now. Death is not an event. It's an angel. Events don't have keys. Have you ever read the book of Revelation? The book of Revelation says he took the keys of death and hell. Hell's the name of an angel. I can take you through the book of Revelation and prove it to you. Hell is not a place. Oh, it is a place, but it was created for the devil and his angels. Hell is the name of an angel. Death is the name of an angel. They're demons. And when Jesus went to the belly of the earth, whack, he took their dominion. Oh, God. Do you understand? Death is a demon. No demon did Jesus leave unstripped when he died on that tree, went to hell, stripped the keys, rose from the dead, sat down and put all power and principality and might and dominion under his feet. And every name that is named, not only in this world, but in the world which is to come. Death is under your feet. You have victory over death. Death has no sting. Death has lost all its power. Because death is a spirit being. So if somebody's afraid to die, they've been believing a wrong spirit. Oh, come on now. All right? Perfect love casts out. Uh-oh, it does what to it? It does what? What do you have to do to demons? So fear's a demon. Do you see this? Listen, this is huge. This is really huge. You've got to know what spirit to believe. You've got to recognize that what you thought was just a thought was a demon. Talking to you. Trying and attempting to affect your course. So you're going to have to resist that thought on the same level as you would resist the devil himself. 
Now, I'm going to prove to you in just a minute that care, fear, and worry is a demon. So if you're a person that has not resisted care and cast your care over on God, you haven't resisted the devil. Woo, glory be to God. Notice what he says here. Let's go back here and read this. For as much then as children are partakers of the flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them. Woo! That means we got to be delivered from this. We must be delivered from this. I said we must be delivered from this. And deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Do you see this? Let me read this to you in the Amplified Classic, verse 15. Also that he might deliver and completely set free all of those who through the haunting fear of death were held in bondage throughout the whole what? The whole course. See, fear of death will affect your course. God will tell you to do something, you'll be afraid to do it. For example, God will tell you to go somewhere and you've got to fly to get there, but you have fear of flying. You don't have fear of flying, you have fear of dying. You wouldn't have any fear of flying if you didn't think you could get harmed. If you didn't think a plane could crash, if you didn't think you could die out of it. If you didn't think something might happen to you if you went to that nation. It's the master fear. So any fear you have that you think is a fear of this, fear of water. No, you don't have a fear of water. You have a fear of dying. You have a fear of drowning. You don't have hydrophobia. You've got demon phobia. Huh? Well, I just don't. I'm claustrophobic. I don't like getting in an elevator. I just don't like all that. You know, I just don't like it. No, you don't have fear of getting in an elevator. You have fear of suffocation. You have fear of death. It's a demon. The fear of death is the master fear that spawns off in all these other distracting fears. And a lot of people say, well, I don't have any fear. Well, no, you think you don't have fear because it's not in manifestation. <laughs> That's what those disciples thought until they got out there in that storm in that boat. <laughs> They said, they got afraid. Don't you care that we perish? See, it, it, it wasn't fear of the storm. They're not afraid of storms. They're afraid of dying. Huh? And notice, notice what the root of that was. They had no faith in his care for them. Oh, come on now. Don't you care that we perish? Now, what was that about to do? Totally and completely, forever, affect their course. Lord seems to be just wanting to go down this line for a while. So is this okay? I believe deliverance is happening. All over the room. I believe deliverance is happening all over the room. Glory be to God. And so, Jesus said, you know, why did you fear? And, and uh, so, he identified fear as the problem. Right? And so when we see this, we see clearly then the fear of death. So these disciples, it was in manifestation. So there's some stimuli 
that will provoke that manifestation because you couldn't get afraid if you didn't have fear. Fear's not always in manifestation any more than any other spirit is. Thank you for your enthusiasm on that. Fear is not always in manifestation any more than any other spirit is. You say, well, prove that to me, Pastor. Easy, the madman of Gadara. The Bible says there were many times he'd cry all night in the tombs and cut himself with stones and beat himself up. And then it says they would chain him with chains, but the chains would be plucked asunder by him. How did that happen? Because when that demon, those legion of demons would come on him, he'd just pop them. But then when they would come, they, they'd see there's an open door. They're just coming in and out. So there was times where he wasn't under the influence. They weren't in manifestation, and they'd chain him up until that spirit came back and manifested. Now, there's only one way to stay completely free, and Jesus taught it in the parable of the sower. He said, you've got to develop some roots down inside yourself. He said that when seed's sown on stony ground, it'll come up, but persecution and affliction will arise for the word's sake. Immediately they get offended, he said, and they're like this. People who have shallow roots, who have no deep roots. Huh? So evidently to be able to but, but endure but for a while. So enduring deliverance. Enduring deliverance requires, he said, they have shallow roots, no root in themselves. That's the way he described it. He said, stony ground, hard-hearted Christians, they're believers. See, he came, they immediately received it, all right? But they're, they're shallow, they're carnal. They have no root in themselves. Therefore, their endurance, their freedom cannot endure. Their deliverance cannot endure because he said they have no root in themselves. Right. So enduring deliverance requires getting roots down in your spirit. That's why the Christ has got to settle down at home in your heart. You've got to get rooted and grounded in the love of God and not let philosophy and vain deceit move you. None of these things move me, Paul said, that are, but that I might finish. What is that? Is that Proverbs, uh, I mean, uh, Book of Acts 20, 24, isn't that what it is? Or 24, 20. It's either 20, 24 or 24, 20. But Paul basically says none of these things move me. But that I might finish, finish my course with joy in the ministry. Even every minister in here needs to hear what I'm saying to them. Because you have both a ministry course and a personal course. And I'm totally convinced that if you don't finish your personal course, you'll never finish your ministry course. Because the anointing can take you to a place where your character can't keep you. If you don't get roots on the inside and know how to live by faith in the Word when you're not under the influence of the anointing and everything's going great, then ministry will chew you up and spit you out. Because ministry is about the eternal commitment to truths that will work every time. And you don't always have the fluff and the feeling that goosebumps are double parked and everybody loves what you say. <laughs> so you've got a course. And if you have fear of the people, it's easy to get knocked off course. Because fear is designed to affect your course. Just the way the people act and the way they tithe and they're going to act like they withhold it and you're concerned they're going to leave if you say things a certain way and they bought into all this mess. So I can't say this from the pulpit because I know what they're going through and they're going to think I'm talking about them. That's a demon influencing what you're preaching. Yeah. Yeah. Changing the course of the whole, of the whole message. Yeah. 
and then wonder why there's no miracles on Sunday morning. Because we're trying to talk people into staying. Oh, come on now. No, we're not supposed to be operating in that realm. No, no. We are authorized servants of the Most High God and all power, all power, all power in heaven and in earth is given unto me. Go, he said. That means if he has all the power, that somebody ain't got any power. And it's the devil trying to stop my church and ministry. He's got no power. It belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm not giving the church away to the devil. Woo! Glory be to God. Woo! Glory be to God. Mighty things are happening in this room right now. Superb, wonderful things are happening in this room right now. Father, we thank you for it. Father, we thank you for it. Father, we thank you for it. Oh, Lord, we just thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you for it. Oh, glory be to God. Oh, glory be to God. Oh, glory be to God. I don't seem in my spirit to be able to, to get uh, to a certain place. I thought I would tell you about the fullness of a vision that I had on December the 28th, 2019, coming into 2020. But I doubled over uh, in, the, in the spirit right before I left the house, and the wall disappeared, and I saw the whole world, the world map, and it started shaking violently. And I saw dots begin to appear. It started in Asia. It wrapped the world, went all over North America. And I saw borders changing and governments toppling and economies changing. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, son, I don't want to talk to you about a year. I want to talk to you about a decade. And I heard him just thunder in my spirit. This shall be known as a decade of deliverance. Yeah. Woo! And he said, a new generation of deliverers is being born. Amen. Glory to God. Oh, glory be to God. Oh, glory be to God. A new generation of deliverers is being born, he said. And I saw dots starting to appear on the map. He made me to know everything that can be shaken would be shaken. And things are going to change rapidly and suddenly. And I saw it just within, obviously, you and I have now lived it out for the better part of a year but I'm telling you, we are headed headlong into a great glory storm of deliverance. And, and uh, Job chapter 38 verse 13 says that God is going to take by the, in the light, when the light hits the earth. And I don't have time to get into what that represents. But he said he's going to take hold, Job 38, 13, of the four corners of the earth and go and shake the wicked out of it. This shaking time is not a negative time, it's our receiving time. He's not shaking things apart. He's shaking them together. This is the greatest opportunity the believers had in 100 years. Woo, now is not the time to stick your head in the sand or put it in park or try to figure out what's about to happen. It, now is the time to chase and run at your Goliath with your sling in your hand. Now's the time. Goliath's head's coming off. We're going to become national heroes overnight. We are the salt. Of the, we are the vaccine. We, oh, glory be to God. Oh, glory be to God. Oh, glory be to God. Woo, I've said for many years, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. I've said for many years, the kingdom comes to overcome. Yeah. It doesn't come to take sides. It comes to take over. Yeah. The kingdom didn't come to take sides. The kingdom came to take over. And greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Glory be to God. 
I'm telling you the creator of supernatural wealth. Would you just stand up? I'm supposed to but just stand straight up. Don't even have to come out here. Just stay right there. I'm coming to you. Excuse me. The creator of supernatural wealth is going to supply everything you need. So don't worry about it, saith the spirit of grace. Great harvest is coming off of your seed and the financial constraints, those limits from which you've been bound, you'll be freed. So get ready for I'm the God that supplies every need for the riches of glory have been released. So now go from this place and be in peace. Glory be to God. Oh, 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 glory. Stand straight up. Don't, don't move. Just stand straight, straight, straight up. Get the heaviness off your chest. Because, son, I've already decided to give you my best. Enter on in now by faith into the rest. Because you've passed the very needed spiritual test. So rise up and receive a relief from what's going on in this season for that which come against you, there is a reason. The enemy trying to stop and affect your course, but I've blown him back tonight by spiritual force. So in the name of my son, rise up and run for in the name of Jesus, it's new things have begun. Now there's been, yeah, yeah, it's coming off it. The heaviness has been on him. You don't have to do it in your own strength. It's not by might. It's not by power. It's by my spirit, saith the Lord. Oh, glory be to God. 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 I don't even know what I'm supposed to say to you, but you need to stand straight up. No, stay right there. Yes, something's just going to come into you. I don't know what it is. Come into him right now. There it is right there. There it is right there. Oh, 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 it's getting thick in here. Just take a deep breath. You can feel it go down in your lungs. It's the anointing. It's the anointing. It's the anointing. It's the anointing. In fact, there's healing for lungs. Anybody that's had any kind of a lung issue, any asthma, any shortness of breath, any lung issue whatsoever, is that you? Stand straight up. Don't you move. Just stand straight up. In the name of Jesus, there it is right there. Have your new lungs. Glory to God. You too, ma'am, brother, and you too. Glory to God. Ha! Have your new lungs. Hey, 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 ha! Have your new lungs. That went right there. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. If it's lungs, throw your hands up. I don't know who you are if I don't know. In the samaka, leto rastava. Hey, 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 hey! Listen, you come out of him. Ha! You get over her. And I mean do it now. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the fear of it. I bind and break the fear of it. I bind and break the fear of any name. I bind and break the fear of coronavirus. It is a name. You demon, you demon, you get off of these people. Woo, glory to God. Woo, glory to God. Somebody needs a healing right here in your throat. I'm sensing this right over in here. I don't know who it is. Is it you? Stand up right here. Glory to God. I'll be healed. There it is right there. Woo. Oh, glory. You, honey, you, honey, you, honey, ha, in the name. Oh, no more fear. You'll never fear it. Baby, I don't know what you've been hearing. I don't know what's trying to get on the inside of you, but the seed of the fear of the world you have to grow up in, you're more than a match for this planet. God did not make a mistake 
or when you were born. I'm going to use you, saith the Lord, for you are not going to submit or succumb to the world. You're the answer. You're one of the answers to the world, my daughter. So let my power and strength come inside of you. Rise up and finish your course with joy. Let none of these things move you and resist fear as if it were a demon. Because it is! And you foul spirit, you come off the child of God now. Oh, 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 glory to God. Oh, glory. Oh, 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 oh. I, I turned right in. I started coming over here. I heard stomach. I heard stomach. Now, here's the deal. God, the anointing is here to heal any digestive tract issue whatsoever. And you can receive that right now into this anointing. But I'm not sure this person's present. In fact, uh, it's one of those unusual anointings. But I think in my heart, it's a person that you either know or a family member that is not present or you've heard a report of. And I heard the Lord say stomach cancer. Now, and now there can be an incurable, any incurable stomach disease. There can be a person here that the family member is enduring it. And I'm, but there's something right over in here. I see it by the Holy Ghost. I see it just as clear by the Holy Ghost. Maybe it's heavy uh, ulceration or something. But I saw, I was assuming it was cancer. It seemed like it was cancer because the, literally the stomach, the, the digestive tract is deteriorating physically in some things. Who is that? Anybody got a family member like that whatsoever? I heard somebody say, my sister. Yeah, I'll pray for her. That's fine. That's fine. But that, yeah, you're right. That's not, that's not it. It's, in fact, I know it's over in here. Is it, and, can, and can you get it? And, well, Lord, you're going to have to be more clear because you don't miss it. I actually thought it might be you. Brother, I thought it was you, but, but I knew you'd know if you had a family member. I really know it's you. Yeah, I see that, Lord. Yeah, I see that, Lord. Yeah, 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 yeah. I understand that. Yeah, I understand that. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, the Lord tells me, your spirit, man, and your faith's already been on this, and uh, that the reason he brought this up to me is because of our supernatural connection of the harvest off of partnership and seed and the anointing and spiritual law. So I saw myself doing something, and this is very unusual, but I'm going to act out. Oh, there it is right there. I, I'm going to act out what I saw. He said, now, use the anointing and the faith in you to help him. Ah! There it is right there. Your faith's on it. Now, I'm helping your faith. And together, this thing takes flight off of your family. You... Leave this family line. Brother, be healed. Woo! In Jesus' name. We just got it, brother. Woo! Hey! Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh. Oh, glory to God. Oh, glory to God. Oh, glory to God. Glory. Oh glory, oh glory, oh glory, oh glory. 
There's so much more, so much more, so much more. Can I say that part, Lord, without missing the moment? Yeah, I'll do that if you don't mind. If you don't mind now. If you don't mind. Uh, 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 yeah, I'll, okay. Okay, I'll just hold that. I'll do, yeah, it'd be better. That's a more excellent way, isn't it? Okay, praise the Lord. The Lord's shown me something in the room, and uh, I'm supposed to tell it, and then I'm supposed to pray for people. Oh, glory to God. Uh, you know, sometimes, understand this. I want all you preachers to understand this. Just because you have an idea or notes or he shows you something for a meeting doesn't even necessarily mean, especially even in that night, you're going to get to all of that. When you start moving in that prophetic thing, you, you, you preach down the road toward it. That's the only way I know how to describe it. I, I can't describe it any other way. Hallelujah. And so glory be to God. And I'm trusting we'll get to the... Glory. I believe we will. I believe we will. Praise the Lord. And uh, so, praise the Lord. But this is what I'm supposed to do right here. He said, that's enough tonight. Now, we think we can handle more. Well, your head might can, but, you know, or you, you, in your head you might think you can. But Jesus spoke the word as they were able to hear it, and he told me I'd given you enough to digest for tonight. Well, some of the stuff I'm talking about, you hadn't had some of these thoughts in your whole adult life anyway. <laughs> talking about spiritual things here. Woo! <laughs> Woo! Glory to God. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Thank you, Holy Ghost. Now, this is what he told me to share with you. Years ago, um, yeah, okay. Uh, he wants me to kind of have the touch point to tell the story. From what I said about Satan taking Jesus on the top of a mountain and showing him the kingdoms of the world and the glory. Angels, in fact, Satan himself, who was Lucifer when he was created, was created according to Ezekiel 28, and he walked up and down the gleaming stones of fire. And he was in charge, a spirit being, was in charge of all the economic resources of the kingdom. It's called the economia of the kingdom. What got him kicked out of there was a mishandling of the finances. The iniquity of his trade. We could go back and talk about that if we needed to. But point being is, angelic beings were in charge of the treasury. Now, Mammon, he says, will teach you to hold the one. You'll, you'll love the one, hate the other, or hold the one, despite, right? Hold to the one, despise the other. Mammon will teach you how to hold on to stuff because they were originally created as keepers, but now that they've fallen and they don't have the nature of God in them, they're selfish. They're greedy demons. They think they own everything in their area. There's a lot of stuff that's yours that they'll keep from you. They'll lie. They'll cover it up. They'll embezzle. They'll cook the books. How do you think all these men learned how to do all that? Demons taught them. They learned them from a spirit. No, come on now. Let's, 
What do you think happened at the communion table at the Last Supper? When Judas took communion unworthily, the Bible is extremely clear. The moment he did it, Satan entered into him because he wanted that treasurer's seat. So Satan was the one that told him to go to the high priest and make a deal. Come on now. He didn't go there and do that, but Satan put it in his mind. Once he, they thought he was going to give alms, and he was going to try to cover up his stealing from the bag. In his mind, he had, Jesus was never captured. The reason Judas went and committed suicide is he never thought they were going to kill Jesus. Satan lied to him. Said, it's all right, just get him to come. It's, it's okay. I, I, it'll be all right. I'm gonna, see, <clears throat> Satan lied to him because so many times he'd walk through the crowd with rocks and they, they couldn't take him. So Judas never dreamed, so he, found, he saw a way to balance the books. Everything that he stole out of the books, I can go, make a deal, put that back in the bag, nobody will ever know I stole. I can betray Jesus, they won't be able to take him. They'll just fall back, but they'll be able to take him. Well, see, what he missed, because he was driven by a demon, he didn't have the spiritual insight to know. That the reason they couldn't take Jesus is because he had received a commandment from his father. No man takes my love from me. I lay it down and I take it up again. They didn't take him in the garden that time. He gave himself up. And Judas, because he didn't know the plan. Now, there was another person that didn't know the plan. Who was listening to a different spirit. The woman named Mary. She sat at his feet and heard the word. And because she sat at his feet, Miss Amy, think of it. She got insight into his course. And she knew she was his partner. And God gave her a very special assignment that everywhere the gospel's preached for 2,000 years, she's been focused. She saved up a seed for years later. She prepared. And offer. That preparation anointing came on her so strong that when she put it on Jesus, Jesus had to say to everybody, hey, 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 stop, stop all that. And you know who was leading the charge on that deal? This should have been sold, given to the poor. Because Judas, no, no. Judas was stealing from the bag. He'd a lot rather had that year's offering in the purse then poured out at Jesus' feet. Are you following me? Now, this, there's spiritual forces involved here, but this woman's seeing in the spirit. So when she did, when she, when she brought him that lavish gift, everybody else didn't understand. It looked like a waste to him. He said, y'all leave her alone. Get your mouth and get your thoughts off of her. Get your opinions and your, and your public, demonic, worldly pressure off of her. So she's done what she could. 
she could, she could give a whole year's wages. She could. I wonder what you could do. Oh, come on now. He said, she's prepared me beforehand for my burial. When I get to heaven, I'm going to look her up. I want to find out what, that, what kind of harvest she got. She prepared him to be sown. She represented not just herself. She, she, she anointed him. So there's some seeds you sow. You have to be anointed to sow them. They're bigger than your ability to do it in the natural. It just the, the thought of the size of it just makes you start shivering. Until you're anointed to do it. You know, we're like God. We're anointed to give like God. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? I mean, I've got family members. I mean, I don't know how many cars we've given away now. Airplanes, too. But, you know, I have people around me that are like, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. the thought of giving a car away, it just blows their mind. Sure is quiet in the Holy Ghost place. Yeah, so see, you got a spirit talking to her. She believed that spirit. She saw into the future. You with me? You prepared that offering for the future. Affected her course. It affected Jesus' course. Fear will affect your course your whole life. Fear will keep you from sowing that seed. Fear will get you distracted. Take you off course. And uh, I'm supposed to tell you that. No, would you move this, please? Someone? Thank you. Um, I'm supposed to tell you that years ago, this one specific incident. Now, we've had, you know, life and ministry over a long time. You have to pick and choose what wonderful miracle stories to tell. Isn't that great? <laughs> but I remember needing a sum of twenty dollars to $25,000 and many, many years ago now. Over 20 years ago now. And um, I remember being in my office, Brother Eddie. I'll never forget it. And wasn't where we are now. We were actually we had this duplex. We painted up and whatever, and it was away from the campus. And, you know, we were just getting things put together. And I remember being not knowing where it was going to come from. We had to have it. And, you know, I'm a person that pays our, we pay the bills. I mean, we're not going to be in reproach because to me that's a terrible witness. You know? And uh, so you at least have to call somebody and say, look, I don't have it, but I owe you the, the conversation to tell you I'm good for it, and I, I don't care if I've got 10 bucks in my pocket, I'm going to bring it by to you to prove to you I ain't going to get this money to you. People of God ought to have, be, have integrity. They ought not run from it in fear and dodge the calls. All right. But fear will make you do that. Right? So anyway, I'm sitting there, Lord, Lord and, and, but, but I could feel the pressure. Because, you know, it's the spirit of the world. And that pressure comes. And I still remember talking to God about it for a while, and I'll just make this what could be a little bit longer story, very, very short. I was in the desk, and I leaned back, and when I leaned back, I said, God, where? 
I've sown, I've believed, I've used the name, I've done everything I always do. What is going on? And I leaned back like this, and I looked up, and it was a small kind of a wooden duplex. And the office, I'd put a desk in there, which was a bedroom of the duplex, but I made it an office, you know. And I've got the, the desk turned one way, and the secretary's out here. And I, and I remember looking up to that ceiling, paneled walls that, were, that we'd painted white and, and redone. And I remember looking up, and, and from, every, from each of the corner of that room, and when you're in the spirit, you can see things behind you. Now remember, these back two corners are behind me, but I didn't have to turn and look at them because I'm in the spirit. So I'm back like this, and I can see, and all of a sudden I can see all four corners. And I can see a tarp. And it's hanging right above my desk, the middle point of it, right above my desk, right above my head. And in that tarp is, my, is everything I needed. And in each corner of the room was a little monkey-like creature on each corner of that tarp holding it. I mean, I just, I, and I just saw it just like that. I saw it. Because I had done everything I knew to do. So the question was, God... You never miss it. Your word always works. Now, if it hadn't worked by now, something's not working right because the covenant works. So I either need to make an adjustment, I need some wisdom, I need to make a shift or a change or repent or do something, or there's something else going on here. And in this case, now many times he's had me make a shift and a change, and the moment I made the change, it came. But in this case, it wasn't me needing to make a change, and it wasn't being held up on his end. He never holds it back. I looked up and I saw those four little impy, monkey-like looking creatures with demons. And brother, they had their hands on each of the corners, and they were in the corners of that room. Well, I know that was in the spirit. And I don't know where it was, because I'm seeing it in the spirit. It wasn't like in my office, but it was in the sense that that money was inside the anointing of my office. It was what belonged to me to get my office of ministry done. Come on now. That tarp's just hanging over my... Do you see what's going on here? That's why I saw it in the office. Glory be to God. And so when I laid back and saw that, all of a sudden something rose up in me. And I don't even remember standing up. I just remember pointing at them. And, and by the authority of the name of Jesus, commanding them. You lose my money, and I don't think I call it my money. You lose those resources, those kingdom resources, in the name of Jesus Christ. And, I, and they let go, and that thing went, boom, and just fell down on the desk. And then all of a sudden it was over, and I looked up, and it's back to the desk and all that, but it went, it's like somebody poked it, and just, it just released. And those demons fell back. And within a matter of days, $25,000 just came. Glory be to God. Whew. Glory be to God. Yeah, 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 I'll do that, Lord. Do you, remember, <clears throat> do you remember when Paul was in Philippi? And that woman, that spirit of Python, that constricting spirit, soothsaying, demonized woman, followed him around many days and said, These be men, servants of the Most High God. You know, the Scripture's very clear about this. Everything she was saying was right. They are from God. They're men of the most high God. They're preaching the right message. So it sounded right. Sounded true. But the wrong spirit was saying it. Come on now. You see what's happening here? 
And after many days, he being grieved, suddenly discerning his spirits went into operation. He didn't catch it the first day. Huh? But after this went on many days, huh? he got grieved and he turned. Let me just tell you, there's a turning that comes when you do this. There's about to be some supernatural turnarounds in this room. Things are going to manifest overnight and other things are going to wither overnight. There's about to be a supernatural turn in your lives from this moment forward. Glory be to God. Some things you've been believing God for for a long time, bam, tonight's the turnaround. Tonight is the breakthrough. Woo, glory to God. And he turned and said, and here's the key phrase, I believe it's verse 17 or 18 of Acts 16, but it says he turned and said, now here's the key phrase, said to the spirit. He said it to the woman. He said it to the demon. And when that spirit was cast out of her, all the hope of her master's financial gain left with it. Which means the spirit, that demon, was driving the economy of Macedonia, certainly Philippi. And when Paul cast that demon out, prosperity began to come back to the churches. <laughs> I saw it. I saw it today on the dividing line, Brother Eddie. I saw our churches getting stronger. I saw them growing numerically. And I saw these finances just starting to pour through their doors. You can expect some financial wonders. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. And uh, one of the assignments God gave me in the hotel room right before this meeting was for anybody and everybody tonight. He told me that while I was under the anointing of, of ministry of the word, People would begin to see for the first time they'd quit getting discouraged and ashamed and felt like they're doing something wrong and beat down and condemned. They would begin to see, wait a minute, it's a demon holding us back. And he said when they see it, they're going to have faith to get free from it. And he said when they have faith to get free from it, he said I want you to lay your hands on them and rebuke that thing and it'll fall into their laps as suddenly as it did on your desk in that office. what he told me to do tonight that's why he stopped me there I could have kept on teaching but this was the ultimate why he took us this direction he wants to do it tonight tonight if you look at your life and you realize now I'm not talking about I mean unless you absolutely believe and know I'm talking about know that you know I'm not talking about some little something that I'm talking about this has been a situation kind of like I was in the office like God what else this should have this thing should have already broken through by now what what else is going on around me that's stopping all of this? And you can sense, you know in yourself, there's a supernatural hindrance to stop of it, a barrier. He said, those people will know if they're the ones. And Satan's been holding up their harvest. He said, I want you to minister to them just like you would in the healing line, and I'm going to heal their finances. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Do you receive it tonight? Has anybody seen anything from the Word tonight? Are you glad you came to church tonight? Are you blessed tonight? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a shout. Isn't God good? Don't you love King Jesus? Hallelujah. Woo! Glory to God. Oh, the, the teacher in me wants to go a little further and keep building your faith, not even just about this subject, but to talk about the anointing for healing and the anointing for finances is the same anointing.
But I'm not going to do that tonight. Your faith is high. I've done exactly what the Lord told me to do. The miracle worker's in the house, and he's the one that makes the difference. Glory be to God. If you're here tonight, and you're in that category, that category alone right now, that's what I'm doing, that category alone, you know that you're up against something, and, the, and there's been limits, like a constricting spirit, like a python-type spirit that's constricting, and you knew it here, something's holding this up, but i got to get free from it. I need some help to break through it. If that's you, and you know that's you, get up here in this line right now. There's an anointing to break it. Glory to God. I knew you'd be up here because I was assigned, no, I'm assigned to break this off your ministry. Watch him, watch him, watch him, watch him. I need some ushers up here. I'm not here by myself. I have help. So you need to watch him because, and watch the people now, and I'm going to tell you why. Angels are working with me. These financial angels, these harvesting angels are working with me. Glory to God. And they're going to break these hard places. Some of you have been in these places more than a week or two. Some of you have been in more than a month or two. Some of you have been in these places for a long time, even some years. But the power, the breaker, the breaker is here. Oh, glory to God. By the authority of the name of Jesus, the breaker is here. The breaker is, woo, glory to God. Oh, glory to God. The breaker is here. Shout it out. Throw your hands up. Say, the breaker is here. My breakthrough has come. This is my night. Woo! Say this. I will never, I will never, never ever, never ever be broke again. Be broke again. Never one more time. Never. Will I ever be broke again? All the days of my life. This constriction. These financial limits. Satan. In the name of Jesus. Take your hands off the resources that are belong to me. Take your hands off my harvest. Satan, I'll break your power. I'll never be broke. Another day in my life. In the name of Jesus. Be free. Ha, be free. Ha, be free. Ha, be free. Ha, be free. Be free. Ha, be free in the name. Be free in the, oh, there it is. Cut off of her finances. I break that constriction. I break the hold of it now. I break the power of it right now. I break the, in the name. In the name of Jesus, get your hands off her stuff. Woo, 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 oh, oh, prepare for some increase, bro. I'm telling you. Sobahala, habrasea, murdefa, brastamaka, ha, ha, ha. Ah! In the name. Cut off of her stuff. In the name. That went right there. In the name. That went right there. It's the power of God. Oh, my, my, my. I've already ministered to you by the Spirit, but I'm going to seal it because I decree it comes off of generations. It comes off of family lines. So in the name of Jesus, look at me. Look at me. Jesus loves you so. I said Jesus loves you so. Now look at me. You're no different. Don't you hear me? You are absolutely no different than the other seven and a half billion people on this planet and any other human that's lived for 6,000 years. You think you got your own thoughts, doing your own thing. It doesn't make you evil. It doesn't even make you a person that's the only one doing it. Or I'm just like this. There's been forces influencing your course. 
because there's a greatness in you. And like all seven and a half billion people, just like me, until I met Jesus and understood that that wasn't just an alternative way to live or I want to do my own thing or I can chart my own course or I just, you know, I just don't know if I want to do that. All that's going on inside. All that's attacking minds and hearts. Demon spirits. Doesn't mean that anyone's evil or even possessed. But it'll affect our course if we listen to it. Tonight there's an anointing to break that. Tonight, oh, and it's going to break it off of generational lines. Oh, there's that anointing right there. Uh, will you receive it? Could, would you let Jesus do what he wants to do? Now, Brother Tracy, you don't really know me. You don't know if I really care or not. I could just be putting on a show. But you can trust Jesus. He made you. Every hair on your head is numbered. Oh, far and away, you're a miracle. There's nobody like you in the planet. And my God, does he have a plan for your life? You hear me? My God, does he have a plan? Oh. So in the name. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll say that, Lord, if you want me to. The Lord wants you to know something. The Lord wants you to know. Listen to me now. The Lord wants you to know. He's not picking on you. He's loving you. I never heard him say that that way before. In the days to come, you're going to find out how much he loves you. It's beyond your wildest imagination. He's not picking on you, honey. He's loving on you. And he's going to bring you into everything you were created. May I pray for you? Thank you. Hey, do you ever play any sports or anything? Have you ever caught a ball? That's pretty simple, right? You gonna catch a ball with your hands in your pocket? <laughs> if I threw something at you, what would you do? Well, sure, you'd put your hands up, wouldn't you? Just by reflex, wouldn't you? You gonna get something or not? Because he's not gonna force it in you. That's how much he loves you. He wants you to want it. It's just that simple. And he keeps loving on you till you do. Father, we thank you. By the anointing, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Satan, you will take your hands off of the minds and the emotions and the influence of people around the lives of those that are in the sphere of our authority. We break your power, you deceiving liar, and you will not influence the course of these God-ordained children. Miracles from their mother's womb. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, be helped. Oh, that went right there. Oh, that went right there. And be, be free. And 
Oh, there it went right there. Oh, and be healed. There it went right there. Oh, glory to God. Oh, glory to God. Oh, glory to God. So, oh, you, 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 you're getting a double dose. A double dose of the Holy Ghost. Look at you. Look at you. Fearfully, the two of you, wonderfully made. Are you ready to run a different race? This isn't going to affect your course anymore. The breakthrough has come. Oh, 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 sister, I'm glad you were healed. Now let your finances be healed. In the name, in the name, ha, in the name. I knew you got it when I was preaching. Something came on him about two-thirds of the way through the service and hadn't lifted off of him the whole night. In the name, there it went right there, sweetie, glory. Woo, here's yours. And let's go ahead and get that digestive tract healed in that family member. What do you say? In the name. There it went right there. Sabaga. Lehetaya. Asamakalala. Yeah, I see that. I see that. Uh, listen to me. Your, your brain, okay? Your intelligence is a gift. You hear me? It's a gift. Given to you by Almighty God. The mind of Christ. In fact, there's more in there than you know. There's actually the brilliance of heaven inside you for your generation. The Lord's saying to me, tell him, I gave that to him and I love him and I want to use him greatly in his generation. Never to allow his mind to overshadow the wisdom of heaven. For my most foolish thought, saith the Lord, is so far above man's wisest thought that you will never understand me through your brain. Accept me inside in fullness. Realize the real wisdom is the understanding of spiritual things. And if you'll seek me and my word, my spirit will feed your spirit information your head could never learn. I'll show you things I know that no man knows ahead of time, and I'll show you things to come. And your heart will teach your head instead of your head teaching your heart. And the way you do that, son, saith the Lord, is you live by faith and not by thoughts. Do not reason it out, but believe me. For many things I have told you I would do, your mind will not understand until afterward, for it is supposed to follow your spirit and submit to your spirit, not dominate your spirit. Therefore, never allow your brain to be the bushel over the candle of your heart. And as I enlighten your heart with my